Okay, thank you, Lord God. So I've um, got a, a bit of a message. It comes in a prophetic uh, context, which is um, we've been hearing the Word of God now through uh, a, a number of voices. Uh, we've heard it from Jill. I don't think Jill's here at the moment. But Jill's told, talked to us about... I mean, the, the, Yeah, we've heard something from Jill. We've heard something from Heather Ridley. We've heard from Drew, who said back in November that we need to align ourselves, and he reckons we've got about a year to do it. Well, that was back in November, so we've had about a third of that time, yeah? And we've been hearing from others also. The essence of the word is be ready, yeah? Um, that God is going to be bringing people to us, and it may be messy, but God is going to be bringing people to us. We need to be ready for what God's going to do. Actually, a while back, I had a, a, a picture of, uh, of a runner with a baton, and I uh, just believe that Jesus is going to bring a baton to us, but he's going to bring it to people who are already running. He doesn't want to give the baton into the hand of somebody who's not actually running yet. That's not how you run the race. So he wants us to be running. Yeah, so Jill said we need to be clean, we need to be ready. God is going to be bringing people to us. Um, I guess to, to, you know, to, to wrap it up in a biblical verse, uh, the, the verse I would use is consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. I don't know whether it's literally on Monday, but the time is coming, and we do need to be ready. Heather's had dreams about this as well. Heather, are you? I don't know whether Heather Ridley's here at the moment. She's out there, is she? Okay. She, she brought us a prophetic dream a, a while back that, uh, of a tsunami coming through the kitchen, you know, and she was facing the wrong direction. She wasn't ready for it. Um, my uh, neighbour, Mandy, had another word, uh, also had a word about a tsunami, you know, chaotic move of God, out of our control, you know, but we need to be ready for what God's going to do. Now, it shouldn't be that scary because God's not going to suddenly demand of us that we get into a place that we are not ready for. He's going to demand of us that we actually, or he's going to, he wants us to take the next step from wherever we are at the moment as he always does. And he'll direct us by his spirit. I get scared because I kind of think, sometimes think, oh, I'm, you know, God's going to want me to do something way beyond. And that's, that's not what he's going to do. His spirit will take us from where we are now to wherever we need to go. So the question that I wanted to ask, and I've got my visual aid here, is um, what are you doing with your tuna? Now, my, I have a visual aid. It's not a particularly good one. Um, actually, I really wanted uh, like, you know, a car radio or something like that as a, as a tuna. Um, and I did try and get hold of one. That's the, yeah. And actually, if you are the owner of a red Citroen uh, Picasso uh, registration number JE17SUS, um, I might need to have a little word with you later. But I, so I didn't get hold of a car radio. But it is, it's, it's, what are we doing with our tuner? What are we tuned into? Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to reverse my notes at this point. So, Jesus said, no one, can, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Actually, Mike, you had a lovely word just, just now about being about when we lift him up, when he is lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. 
And um, I think that's, that's very much the heart of what God wants to say to us at the moment. When we lift him up in our hearts, when we lift him up in our time of worship, when we lift him up by reading the word, when we lift him up by magnifying him, by giving him our attention, actually what Rich has been saying is when you get to know him, he will make himself known through you. You know, the sp- Ooh, I could jump ahead. Hey. Um. Book of John in particular, as it centers on the identity of Christ, is full of stories about people coming to the realization of who Jesus really is. So, John the Baptist, first of all. Andrew, who... Uh, we think of, uh, of, of Matthew. Jesus takes the guys up to Caesarea Philippi and he says, like, you know, who do the people say? Who do you say I am? And, and, and Peter has this revelation, you know, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. But actually, uh, Andrew, right in the first chapter of, uh, of John, uh, comes back to Peter. He's been a disciple of John. He comes back to Peter and he says, look, we found the Messiah. You know, I've had an encounter with him and I found out who he is. And then Philip that you've just uh, spoken of. You spoke about the stairway to heaven, didn't you? And he said, I saw you, Philip, while you were still under the fig tree, you know, while you were doing business with me, while you were asking, actually, who are you, God? What's going on? And you revealed yourself to me, and I know, because I saw it, and I was watching what you were doing, and you didn't know, but I saw what you were doing. And this conversation has begun to open up with God, and we didn't even realize what was going on, but, and then he answers back out of the blue. Now, where did that come from? So, you came to Jesus also because you heard from the Father. You heard some things and you saw some things and you felt some things in your heart. And you made a decision to give the Holy Spirit your attention. You tuned into his voice to the exclusion of all other voices that were clamoring for your attention. You said in your heart effectively, uh, no, actually, I really feel I need to listen to this. You heard God's voice, and eventually you began to listen to his voice, and that's why you're here. Pretty soon you also heard about this very handy manual that was supposed to help. So you started to read, and there's some general information about God's people and ancient history and old rules and stuff, and not all of it sounded particularly enticing or relevant, you know, if I'm honest. And then, as you were obediently reading along anyway you found some verses that just leapt off the page. And you experienced rhema. You experienced the living and active word of God effectively calling to you as if by name. You know, you read some words that were a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. You know... um, you, you, you heard a voice speaking through the voice, through the words that said, look, you know, I know you. I am with you. I'm for you. And this is what you need to do. You may have been amazed, convicted, comforted, reassured, challenged, but you heard God speaking to you again. And as you continue down that road, you can hear God speaking to you again and again, and you can begin to recognize his voice coming to you in other ways also. Pictures, dreams, circumstances, a situation you see in a film, coincidences, something unusual, even something very ordinary that can begin to echo with God's voice once you begin hearing it. Isn't that right, Lynn? And there are other things that can help us not only to hear... I'm tied to these, excuse me. 
what God's saying to us, but also what he's saying to other people and beyond. Okay, which would be a good topic for another time. But right now I want to focus on the basics. So, when my children were born and they came home, they, they used to cry a lot. Right? So they would cry in the night and my wife would get up and feed them and comfort them and change them. Uh, the first ones we had were too noisy, so we swapped them to some other ones. <laughs> my son was born and at first he would cry in the night and my wife would get up and... Uh, she would say, no, 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 it's all right, you've got a busy day and you, 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 go, you go back to sleep, it's fine and I'll do that. And I let her get on with it. I, uh, I let her look after my son and uh, after a while I, uh, it became easier to sleep because I didn't even hear his voice when he cried in the night. I'd stop hearing it because I was just going to sleep anyway, so I stopped listening. And I didn't hear it anymore, so I just slept through it. I mean, you, you know, you can do that. When my daughter came along, uh, she cried a lot, and I think I've matured slightly, and I thought, actually, no, I probably should uh, help my wife and, and, and help my daughter, and uh, I'd often get up and I would attend to her as well. As a result, I continued to hear her voice night after night, and uh, I, I got up, and obviously it was sometimes inconvenient, but uh, I was able to attend to her needs, and... Um, and I found actually that we've also, because, because I paid attention to her voice even at that time, in her time of need, even as a small child, she would come to me sometimes instead of coming to her mother. She would, no, I want daddy. And we grew in relationship more, sadly in a, in a way that I could have grown more in relationship with my son. That might have been part of the reason why. Um, my degree of response affected my relationship as well, okay? And so I want to ask, what then do we do when we hear God's voice? You know, so basically, do we hearken with attention uh, and, and, and respond when God speaks to us? Because God's been speaking to us. God's been speaking to us individually. God's speaking to us corporately. Um, do we then actually hearken to God's voice and, 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 and right, I'm going to do that? Uh, I, I, what is it you've got to say? I mean, we lean into what you've got to say, or do we just go back to sleep? Because I spend a lot of my time effectively asleep to God, and it's very easy to go back to sleep. And it's very, you know, and if, and if I keep ignoring God, then then actually, it's almost it's going to feel like He's given up on me, and He's not going to be speaking to me too much. So one of the things, if you want to hear God's voice, ah, oh. so we did this. Um, a month ago, uh, uh, Drew sort of uh, goaded uh, Michelle and I and got together and, and got us to, to, to do this little sort of day of uh, prophetic training, little activations, and uh, we had this theme, my sheep hear my voice, and it's true. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Uh, but I looked at the, the verse in the NIV, and it said, my sheep listen to my voice. I thought, no, that's not exactly what I want to bring, okay, because I, I want people to know that we're God's sheep, therefore we hear God speaking, which is true. But this says, but my sheep listen to my voice. And I looked it up. Most of them say I hear. Many of them also say I listen. And then you get the Amplified version, which said, my sheep, my, what does it say? Let me, I've got it here somewhere. My sheep listen to my voice. No, sorry. My, the sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice. 
and I know them and they follow me. So actually, we've got that relationship as well. I know them and they follow me. And it's hearing and continuing to hear. And then Jesus speaks back to you, like he spoke back to Nathaniel out of the blue. I have no idea what I'm doing. So, Rich has been saying to know Jesus is to love him. To love Jesus is to obey his commands. Um, and I'd say his, there's, there, are, there are commands in here and there are promptings as well the Holy Spirit gives us, isn't there? Aren't there? Yeah. Um, that might be to give to a particular cause. That might be to call somebody up. That might be to meet with someone. Uh, he spoke to me about putting a, a banner outside my house. It was a prompting of the Spirit. You know? It took me three months to get on board with it. Eventually I did. Okay. You know, maybe if I put it out on day one, I would have heard a lot, whole lot more, you know? <laughs> to know Jesus is to love him. You know, it wouldn't do any harm. Can we say that? To know Jesus is to love him. To love Jesus is to obey him. To obey him is to become like him. And to become like him is to make him known. So, Tuna, yeah, sometimes I listen to... I'm going to skip that. Uh, I could talk for a while about what we tune into. And, yeah, there's a tuner in my car. The hypnotizer in the living room is far more hazardous. Um, I don't generally watch it until I'm, you know, unless I'm already tired, and it tells me, you are getting sleepy. You are getting hungry. You need a pizza or some popcorn. Just, but just sit there and we'll deliver it to you, you know. I can just about sidestep the message that apparently I need a new sofa, some chemical slop with hyaluronic acid, and I really ought to be so embarrassed about my kitchen that I'll find a way to come up with at least £20,000 to get all the fittings replaced so they're going to dance around it and finally have my friends around. But actually, many of the other messages that it wants to massage into my mind and into my family's mind are far more subtle, more demanding, more expensive and more dangerous. The messages of the world, the thief coming to steal, kill and destroy... Well, we sort of quietly sleep through it, along to it, you know? And then there's my phone. And my computer. Once again, Scripture says that those who live according to the flesh have their mind fl set on what that flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind set on the flesh is death. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. So we have the choice. We, can, uh, we get to choose life or death, as, it, as, uh, as God said in Deuteronomy 30, 31, 11. You're like, I call, there it is, yeah. I call heaven and earth witnesses uh, today against you that I have set before you life and death, 
blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Romans 8 continues, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who live according to the flesh cannot please God. I don't want to live in a way that cannot please God. You know, I used to think that I'd received Christ's spirit. My mind was always set on the spirit, so I couldn't think according to the flesh anymore. That was naive of me, wasn't it? You know, I mean, I thank God that he has changed my operating system. I do have, and I can live according to the Spirit. I can abide in Jesus, and I, therefore, I, if I abide in Jesus, I can bear much fruit. Although without him, I can do nothing. But the sad truth is that a dog does return to its vomit. And I can still find all too much appeal and allure in the worldly junk food that will pollute my mind, appetites, behavior, before I've even become aware of it. But there are other things that can influence us before we've become aware of it as well. So I truly praise God that there's a great alternative that even though sometimes I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of the Word of God, His words are spirit and they are life. They are living and active within me and when I hear them, faith does come even though I don't realize the impact they're having on me at the time. So recently I found in myself um, the, a real conviction that everybody actually does really know and has really heard, wherever they stand, whatever they say, however they might deny it, that there is a witness of creation in them. You know, uh, I, I poured over Romans 1, the wrath of God is coming on people um, because of the godlessness and wickedness of men that suppress the truth by their wickedness. They suppress the truth by their wickedness. How can they suppress it? They must already know it. You know, um, they suppress the truth by their wickedness. I'm going to struggle to remember it now. Let's see. I shouldn't confess that, should I? Um, but it says, since the cre- creation of the world, God's eternal, uh, invisible qualities, eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen through what has been made. So that men are without excuse. And I've read that, and I've read over that, and I guess I've come to kind of agree with that. And now I find a real deep conviction in myself that actually everybody has a chance. Everybody gets told. Everybody continues to get told, because the Spirit of God speaks in people who are dead in their transgressions, like we were. You know, I I could go off on that, but that's just an example, actually, of suddenly realizing that you read the word and you read the word and actually faith in, in, the, in the word comes of its own accord. It comes out of the blue. So um, Moses went off to meet with, uh, with God on, on the mountain and he was up there for a while. And uh, he comes down from the mountain and he's actually glowing. The aurora borealis, you know. But I, I don't think he even knew that he was glowing. I don't think he even realized at first what was going on with him. Okay. Um, I think maybe I kind of, kind of picture, you know, he's, he's just come back 
and uh, it's, it's two o'clock in the morning, and he's lying there with Zipporah, uh, his wife, or Zipporah, however you pronounce her name, and she's kind of tossing and turning, and uh, in the end, she sort of huffs, and she straightens herself up a bit, and she says to him, look, it's all very well if you want to, if, if you're going to disappear, you know, up the mountain of God for six weeks in time, and leave me behind with the children, but I've told you before, I can't sleep with a light on. He's glowing. And when I look at the people on the Broadway, the team on the Broadway, there's a glow about them as well. They're, they carry something of the presence of God. You carry something of the presence of God because you've been spending time with Him. And the more you've been spending time with Him, the more light you are with the presence of God. I've seen... People on the, on the Broadway, no thanks, please, I don't want to know, the religious nutters, and I don't really don't, Jehovah's Witness type thing, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spend any time, don't want to listen to what you've said. And then there are a couple of people like Penny or Katie will grab hold of them, or, or, or Michelle will say a gentle word, and within a short space of time, not everybody, but a number of people, something's caught their attention and their heart is being unlocked, and they begin to see in the face of the person that's speaking to them, actually there is compassion here, there is understanding, there's a, a, a genuine love that's coming from somewhere, and they're not the kind, that's not the kind of thing that I thought I was going to get. But actually their heart is being melted by something because they carry the presence of God, because they spent time with Him, and the, and, and the glory is there. So... Yeah, uh, Paul says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. It's available to us, yeah? Um, John says, you know, what we are, um, what we shall be has not yet been revealed, but we know that when he is revealed or when we see him, we will be like him, but we shall see him as he is. And there's this uh, lifting him up, focusing our attention on him, beholding something of his glory, worshipping him, spending time with him in prayer, spending time with him in the word. And, uh, and sometimes it can feel, you know, like, well, it's not what it, what it feels like. It's not what it, it looks like. We had this wonderful refrain from the worship last week. Um, even, though I, even though I can't see it, he's working. Even though I can't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops working. He is at work in you. Who, he who began a good work in you will carry it through to creation. Carry it through, sorry, until, until Christ comes again. He is at work in us, but it kind of depends where our, where, our, where our focus is. So, my prayer is that we'll keep listening and doing and conversing with God and following his voice. My questions are, I've got questions like, what are we tuned into? I know it's, you know. What am I living out of? And is what I am living out of, is what I am going to uh, by Tuesday, even by Monday, is it going to bring life or is it going to bring death? 
because we've been given that choice, living according to the flesh, living according to the spirit, what we're choosing, what we're investing into. Is what I am tuned into going to achieve nothing? Or is it going to bear much fruit and fruit that remains?